Today on Locked On Canadians, it is a very special all prospects mailbag with a very special guest. That's all coming up today on Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 833 of Locked On Canadians. As you know, we are your team every day. And if you've been listening to us every day this week, you will know we have a very special guest coming up in just one moment. But first, my name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matlas. Scott, how excited are you to talk prospects? I am always excited for prospect talk because I like to learn about prospects, I like to be told things from people who do this for a living to help me figure out everything before uh, NHL draft season arrives in full for the Montreal Canadiens. And to that end, we have a very, very special guest today. Uh, He's been on the show before uh, and our listeners have really loved him. So we were so excited to have the opportunity to bring him back, particularly since he's got a fancy new title now. Um, He was always scouting for Dauber prospects, but now he is the head scout uh, for Dauber Hockey, and his name is Sebastian Hai. You will know him from our show. Uh, so hi, Sebastian. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for, for the flattery uh, with the intro. It's <laughs> so, much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's going very well. It's, uh, it's the last two months now to the draft, and it's quite a sprint in the scouting uh, sphere. Uh, lots of players. I have yet to watch that I still need to check out. And then there's the big headache of actually constructing the final ranking, uh, which is a painful, arduous, but kind of enjoyable process. Uh, but there's just always, always problems there. And and there's always situations and, and particular parts of my ranking that I have a few headaches over. And uh, I don't look forward to addressing those just yet. But uh, <laughs> Well, we might make you do that on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, if, if you want to see me just like crumbling, that, that, that's a great idea. Um, so we are going to ask, so we've, we've uh, polled our readers. Uh, we've asked for mailbag questions that have to do with this year's upcoming draft. Uh, and I know there's some players that right now they're not completely finalized. And I know every public scout we talk to right now, it's their busy season and we're asking for more of their time during their busy season. So Please forgive Sebastian if our questions frazzle him because I know a couple of them are a little bit controversial. But I think the first one that isn't really controversial is a couple of our listeners pointed out uh, that the last time we talked about people who may be available uh, where the Habs are picking in their with their first pick. So in that, you know, I'm going to say top seven range. Nobody yell at me. Um, there, you know, we talked about Will Smith. We talked about Benson. We didn't talk about Matthew Wood and a few people pointed that out. So I would like to hear your thoughts on Matthew Wood. Matthew Wood is not a player I'd be considering with the the top 10 pick, um, but he would be an interesting possibility at 17. Now, he would be the player I'd be, I'd be picking personally uh, with, with that selection. Like There are other players I'm a lot more bullish on that will be available inevitably. Um, like Names like Andrew Crystal and Dmitry Simashev come to mind pretty quickly there. 
but uh, he he is a really fun one who who has grown on me significantly. And while he is, uh, I want to say, 29th on my board at the moment, um, 31st, he, tail end of my first round at the moment, but he could be a riser up until like maybe the 20 range uh, because he is an interesting high skill or high, high toolkit player who uh, is not exactly fleet of foot. Uh, his skating is the second worst among like top 64 candidates in the draft class in my book. Uh, only Adar Suniev has a worse stride, but like his is like comically, like, it's like bad to like a funny extent. Uh, Matthew Wood reminds me a ton of Tyler Toffoli, and I'm really not one for player comparisons. I I do I dislike player comps as a whole. It's not something I I typically engage in. But there are quite a few links with, with Toffoli in terms of high end hockey IQ, uh, poor skating, a uh, very limited top speed. Uh, a wicked shot uh, and also like a diverse set of releases so if I were a team drafting Matthew Wood I'd be trying to develop him into a Tyler Toffoli I'd be trying to leverage the offensive toolkit I'd be trying to encourage him to be more creative and he has been doing that this season at the University of Connecticut Uh, he has gained a lot of adaptive skills to compensate for his lack of speed and for his skating deficiencies which has been really, really good to see. And uh, he started the year closer to like my 55 range. So he's climbed a fair bit for me in terms of, of how I see him projecting as an impactful NHL player. Uh, I think if you're picking him top 15 or, or even with the Florida pick, wherever that ends up being, like fingers crossed around the 17 range. But even if it is that pick, I think it would be a big bet on on your development team uh, and your trust in overcoming skating as, as a, a hurdle in development. So I think at 17, it's perfect. It's, it's reasonable. I think you can defend that, that selection without too much issue. Uh, top five, I think uh, you are missing out on both upside and certainty because with Matthew Wood, the skating is bad enough that there is a chance it keeps him from ever becoming a real NHLer. Uh, not saying it's something I bet on at all. I think I think he will be a decent NHL player. Uh, I wouldn't have him in my first round if I didn't. But there is some risk there, and uh, I think if you're picking at like fifth or sixth overall, there are more electrifying, dynamic uh, players that have a higher ceiling. Because Matthew Wood, with his lack of skating ability, isn't the most dynamic, despite uh, having a really good set of hands, a wicked shot. Uh, he's learning to understand like spacing and timing with defenders and uh, and delaying on off the rush to to create those gaps and to actually like build a bit of a playmaking game off of that, which has been great to see. Like that that has been really very 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 promising this season, and his development has been great, especially for the youngest the youngest player in in college hockey. Uh, not to be confounded with him being young for the draft class. He was as average age for the draft class itself, but. Yeah, there's a lot to bet on with with Matthew Wood, but there are some drawbacks as well. Uh, The engagement, the defensive play aren't particular strengths, but he is quite raw and he has a really disgusting shot. And uh, if you can build around that shot and build upon his hockey IQ, the playmaking and the handling, 
you can have an exciting player, and I can understand why why some people are quite bullish on him and have him in that top fifteen range. And I can also understand why other scouts don't even have him like top forty or top forty five because there are concerns there as well. And I think as a whole, the whole range between fifteen and forty five in this draft class is pretty tight. Like you can make decent arguments for a lot of players to sit anywhere in that range. Uh, this is definitely the year to bank up on second and third round draft picks and hope that guys that you have ranked top 30 fall to you. Uh, that, I think, is the best tactic of making making the most of the depth in this year's draft class is, is perhaps instead of, of reaching on a guy uh, at like fifth overall uh, or, or even 17th, of kind of just hoping that players that you see at as a similar caliber to them that they just fall to you later in the draft class. That'd be my, my personal tactic. So we've got a ton of mailbag questions that come from you guys. Matthew, it was just a general question where a lot of listeners pointed that out. So we're going to get into the mailbag questions in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. Don't I know that? So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. So we're going to start with, I want to stay in that first in that top uh, because there's a couple questions that follow up from that. So obviously uh, lots of uh, hype around Will Smith, our friend uh, Jim in Ottawa, hockey in Ottawa, sorry, our friend Jim hockey in Ottawa. Um, literally the question is just Will Smith. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Will Smith. Yes. Um, Will, Will Smith is uh, one of the most electrifying players in the draft class, and I can fully understand why a lot of Habs fans ha are putting a lot of hopes into him. Uh, I know, Scott, yeah. I, 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 I totally understand it. Like, it's I, me. I'm Habs I, fans. <laughs> I, I am perhaps a little bit less bullish than others, but don't, take, don't let that take away from uh the exciting uh, the embodiment of excitement that will smith is uh he is electrifying um the combination of elite handling skill elite creativity um is is just so much fun to watch especially on a line that ticks as well as that top ntdp line like that is the best uh junior hockey line that i've seen in the past three years uh it it's it's thoroughly dominant uh they understand each other tremendously well it is not very good defensively, but it doesn't have to be. That's not what it's meant to do, right? Like, the NTDP has other players that can play good defense, like Oliver Moore, who I adore, right? Like, he... Uh, but that top line just puts up ridiculous numbers. Uh, I I have a, a, a spreadsheet with some advanced stats uh, that I have access to uh, for the draft class, and 
<laughs> that top line like just dominates every single offensive stat on top of guys like Connor, like Bedard himself. Like it, like they do some otherworldly stuff <laughs> uh, in the NTDP. Uh, and Will Smith is the the high skill player on that line. He is the dynamic factor. And while I, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced yet that he pr- safely projects as a center at the next level. I think you are getting a a an electrifying offensive piece. Uh, I do think his skating needs to improve. I do think that. Um, he will need to try to diversify his game a little bit. Uh, he can be a bit reliant on uh, the extra space he has at, in junior hockey. But those things, those are all things that elite players adapt to. And we saw that with, with Logan Cooley this year. He had some of the same concerns. Uh, big difference there is skating, uh, which just isn't at all an issue for Cooley, but it is for Smith. But Smith is a better goal scorer than Cooley is. So you have, you have some... Uh, I guess equality there, but those are those are two relatively comparable players in terms of value. I I wouldn't. I'd probably side Cooley over Smith, uh, especially given his D plus one. And but in terms of draft year, that would be a really tough one for me. It'd be a bit of a coin flip. So all to say, Will Smith is an excellent prospect. Uh, I have him ranked. I want to say eighth or ninth overall right now. Uh, I have him ninth on my board, uh, but seven to nine is pretty is pretty close for me. And uh, he he is falling a bit behind, like guys like Zach Benson and Leo Carlson and Matvey Mitchkov for me. But but that really shouldn't take away from the brilliance that that Will Smith is. So I fully understand why people are excited, especially considering that uh, uh, Kent Hughes has some connections uh, to Will Smith and to the NTDP. That makes it perhaps a more uh, realistic option at the draft than uh, the other guys I mentioned. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can totally get it. Uh, Will Smith is awesome, and me ranking him ninth overall right now really doesn't take away from that fact. It's uh, splitting hairs often, uh, even even towards the top of the draft. Like it's it's been a tough draft to rank, and I'm I'm starting to to care a little bit less about the differences between individual spots my ranking just because it's all so tight anyways speaking of that because this is what i'm learning from this conversation is that you're constantly working on your rankings like this is a thing like like literally it's the one we're talking optimizing about. <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 about optimizing it not perfecting it like I, like there is no way of perfecting it uh even when i do my my, my final ranking some things are just not going to feel right like like last year, I had Jimmy Snuggerud ranked outside the first round, and I wrote in my blurb, "This feels way too low for him." But I, <laughs> like, I just I got more excited for other players, and now I look a bit dumb because Snuggerud has had an incredible D plus one season, and I'm very happy for him. So uh, there's always some compromises. You're always going to bet on some players over others, not necessarily, not necessarily because you don't believe in the other players, just because you believe a tiny little bit more in, in, in the one that, that you're betting on. So uh, it is a bit of a, a long process, but uh, I, I think I'm at peace uh, with the imperfectibility of it at this point. 
I just, I thought it was, you know, it's, it's phenomenal just because you get that insight because you know, on draft day, there's teams that are sitting there that have, like, they're still playing around with the rankings as, For sure. as, as the names are being called. And then like you, you get, you get to somewhere where it's like, like you said, optimized, it's never perfect. It's optimized. And then someone takes the player that you want and you've got to like re-optimize it all over again in the moment, which I think is really cool. But I want to stay with the, with Will Smith a little bit because you already kind of talked about this, but, um, Ryan Sanders on Twitter asks us, do you think it would be smart to draft Gabe Perot at 17th overall with the Panthers pick if the Habs draft Will Smith with their own pick? They seem to have extremely strong chemistry and will continue to build on it next year at Boston College. I I think 17 is a bit high, uh, both for my own board and where I think he will end up going. Um, the possibility I'd find really cool is, is if, uh, they would use 17 to trade up to like 10. Uh, then they draft Will Smith at five, Ryan Leonard at 10, and then Gabe Perot at like 37 or whatever <laughs> they're going to pick. I think, I think, I wouldn't say it's likely Perot is available at 37, but I think it's possible. Uh, less so with his current U18s, just considering how good he's been there. Uh, but the same thing happened with Isaac Howard last year, where he, where he fell to 31 to, to Tampa. So, I I think I think it's possible uh, that he falls a bit further. Uh, Gabe Perot is a fat is perhaps the most fascinating case study in this entire draft class. Um, he, yeah, he, he he's been he's been really difficult to pin down for me because on the one hand he has one of the highest hockey IQs in the entire draft class, which isn't a term I love using, but in terms of processing speed, uh, vision. Uh, his ability to find soft ice, um, uh, his mental pace of decision-making, uh, all of these different mental components of the game, he is incredibly good at. Uh, and and uh, Scott Wheeler put out an article about uh, on Gabe Perot today and, and really delved into that and, and how the people around Gabe Perot also see that, like the hockey sense is just like unbelievably good, which it is. And... I think where the where, where perhaps the more skepticism comes in is that Perot is is a player who lacks both adaptive skate or who who is not the strongest skater, uh, and we can delve into why I think that in a second because I know there are some clips of a gay Perot straight line sprint being decently quick, and everyone's like he's a good skater. It's not, unfortunately, it's not quite that simple of, of how to evaluate skating. I, I, I wish it were. It would save me a lot of headaches. Uh, but you pair the skating deficiencies, which I think are relatively substantial, with a real lack of physical play, uh, whether that be uh, leverage tools to kind of lower the body weight, uh, to win puck battles, uh, just overall muscle uh and and but also with, with like the physical habits right it goes beyond just strength and and strength training it goes with physical habits like like certain players have incredible like physical habits despite not having the physical tools like Xavier Simonou he can bully players off pucks despite, despite being five foot six because he has excellent leverage mechanics he can win those puck battles he's really tenacious he's super intense Gabe Perot is the classic like tertiary player on a line. Like he 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 outthinks his opponents. Uh, he he will be in the right position. He's not the player you want carrying the puck up the ice. 
uh, he's kind of the player to to make that first pass to to then drift into open space afterwards, uh, like space that his teammates can create for him. Uh, so he kind of is that tertiary piece rather than the offensive driver, uh, on the, which is I think one big thing for me. Um, and and on the other hand, uh, not having those physical tools can make it more difficult to be that tertiary piece in the NHL. Like if we're looking, if, if we think of like tertiary pieces on, to, on like top lines, which I think is what a lot of people are hoping Perot can become is I don't think any scout is thinking, Oh, this is our future. Like, like one, like I, like first line offensive driver. It's, I think this player can keep up with our elite players and can put up big numbers. So we're thinking of like the Buntings, the Hymans, like the the players that you stick with your top line to support them, to complement them. Now Perot doesn't fit that mold at all in terms of, of style, uh, and which I I think is, is is fine. It just means he will need to really, really, really optimize what he does. He will have to be absolutely elite at 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 the mental component of the game and all these different things that. I think is possible, and 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 if he does that, you you have a tremendous piece that is just so fun to watch, making all the right decisions, almost playing like a puppet master on the ice. I think I think if he really, really, really hits, you can get that. I also think there's a decently large large chance that his combination of lack of skating and physicality can keep him from from making an impact at the NHL level. The question is, is his elite brain elite enough? to make him work in the NHL because there isn't a player in the NHL right now that is like Gabe Perot in my, in my opinion, he's, he's, he's a unicorn. And that I think is legitimately concerning for multiple reasons. If you can't directly compare a player to a current NHLer, you have to wonder why is that right? And you, you have to kind of like ask yourself these questions in evaluation and I, I desperately want Perot to be a thing. I, I want him to succeed. I really, really, really do. Uh, he's an undersized, hyper-intelligent guy. That is, that is like my type, totally. Like I love those players. But they're, in a class as strong as this one, that is a really big risk to be taking at 17th overall. And I'd be a bit hesitant. I think it would be a massive swing on upside. Uh, really risky. That could pay off. It would just be... A very very big risk and last comment uh on perot would be on his skating um he he really lacks strong skating mechanics he's, he's fairly choppy upright uh with a high stride rate he can achieve a higher speed but the actual like like explosiveness the agility all these things are, are weaknesses and with him being relatively undersized those are th- things that 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 become more and more visible uh, as the competition like increases in in strength and 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 speed and intelligence. So those would be my concerns with with Perot's development. So seventeen spooks me a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be like floored if a team did it, considering just how good he's been uh, this season in terms of producing. Like he is a tremendous junior hockey player. Like he is like he has mastered the art of junior hockey. The question with him is not how good is he in junior hockey. The question is how good can he be in the NHL? How good will he even be in the NCAA? Now, I think st- him sticking with Leonard and Smith in the NCAA is massive. I think that is really giving him the best chances to to develop into a player that can uh, play his style at the NHL level. And if if one team drafts all three, 
I think his chances skyrocket. I think like that line is chemistry that 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 you will rarely see. Uh, and I think if you can keep them together for their entire careers, that is, uh, I think you'd get a line that that's worth more than it's impressive some of it and and the already impressive some of its parts. So. Perot is is spooky, but uh, I can totally get why people like him a lot. We're going to turn our attention to goaltending now in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. All right, I've got two goalie questions for you, and I'm going to combine them. They were very separate, uh, but I want to combine them because I didn't know where to put the second one. Uh, so obviously one of the, um, uh, the questions is, comes from MZ on Twitter. If the Habs are the first to draft a goalie in the upcoming draft, which one should they choose and why? Uh, and then we have Brady Piercy asking us, should the Habs draft Cristobal Huey's son, Ewan? So I just want to talk about goaltending real quick in that, like, one of the things that we've talked about is that right now we're not sure who the goaltender of the future is going to be um, when, you know, five years from now, who's going to be the guy that's like that, that sticks around here for 10, 15 years and is a solid person there. It might be in the Hab system already. We don't know. There's, there's some promise that's being showed, especially with a couple of people like Dovesh and Disho, but what if they're drafting? So like, this is why I'm so fascinated by goaltending and this will be like kind of the last topic we talk about because we're running out of time but we're gonna ask Sebastian if he'll come back because these questions they're valid until before the draft so we'll ask them later so um if they were the first to pick a goalie who would you choose I guess I guess the question is who's the top goalie in the draft um and what about you and Huey you and Huey I have only watched in passing I haven't actively scouted uh, I think it'd be a funny storyline, like have the the Habs legacy going down. Uh, I, I've only seen him at the U18, so I, I've 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 only probably seen as much as anyone else has. Um, and he's been fine. I mean, like like he's I think he has like a 900 save percentage at the U18 so far, which is perfectly reasonable uh, for a Swiss goalie. <laughs> like I think that's that's pretty solid uh, considering uh, the nation he's playing for. Um, as for the best goalie in the draft class, for me, it's quite clearly Trey Augustine. Trey Augustine uh, has been a dominant goalie for the US NTDP, uh, and he is a contender to really rise a decent amount up my board uh, in, in this last stretch of the season. Uh, like his, his numbers are obscenely good, especially when you, when you contrast them with, uh, with Carson Mussers, who's, who's his backup. Um, like it's, it's, it's night and day. And uh, he is incredibly composed. Uh, he, he embodies that like cool, composed, Carey Price style of goalie. Style being like making doing a lot of heavy lifting in that in that in that phrase. Obviously, I'm not <laughs> a lot of goalies get compared to Carey Price. That's not what I'm saying. But that is the style of goalie that 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 you're seeing with with Augustine and. Uh, he is a tremendous puck tracker, uh, especially when, he, when, it, when the puck goes behind his net. Uh, uh, he perhaps lacks some of the like the raw physical tools that Michael Hrabel has, uh, but Hrabel is <laughs> really chaotic and uh, very raw. Uh, Michael Hrabel, if if if, if uh, Trey Augustine is Carey Price style, Michael Hrabel is probably closer to Peter Mrazek style of uh, chaos, entertaining, but chaos and really scares me as a scout um like goalies are erratic enough as as is um that style does not quite help 
but his, his raw tools are ridiculous. Like he's six foot six. He's massive, uh, really agile, explosive side to side movements. But his hands aren't as good. Like he he can bobble pucks that that he should catch. Um, whereas Trey Augustine is just really efficient in his movements and really smart. He lacks that explosiveness in his side to side transitions and stuff, but. He's 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 the goalie I'd be most comfortable drafting first. Now I think you might get the best value if you're perhaps taking a mid round swing on a goalie, which is probably what the Habs would do. Uh, I think a Jacob Fowler would be a really fun bet on uh, on. Oh, he's going to Boston College, which which is a great place to develop goalies, and uh, he's putting up almost as good numbers as Trey Augustine on a less dominant but still very very good Youngstown team. Uh, he is a lot more raw. Uh, his his goaltending style, according to Dauber's goaltending uh, uh, scout, who I trust a lot more than myself with goaltending analyses, uh, Colin Hunter, uh, I, like what what he said a lot about about Fowler has been that uh, he plays a very unconventional style of goaltending and is quite frustrating for a goaltending to coach to watch, but is unconventionally effective so perhaps more raw but uh you have something to build off of so that could be perhaps a a lower risk high high upside swing to take on goalie so i think i think if i were to pick any goalie if i were the habs i'd probably say jacob fowler in like round four uh if we're picking the goalie first uh i would hope augustine is available at the big at the top of the second my my guess would have been that probably would would have been the first goalie off the board because of his tools, but his U18, well, the game against Canada was bad enough that that might shift the draft stock considering the the large weight that these these tournaments always carry uh, on draft stocks. But if if Augustine is available at thirty seven, I think there are far worse options than him. Honestly, like, I don't know if people are watching on YouTube or not, but you'll hear me or you'll see me scribbling uh, all these notes down uh, that Sebastian's talking about because now I will be able to refer back to them when I'm trying to think about who I want the Canadians to draft. We've got more questions for Sebastian, but we don't have time today, so we're going to bring him back. So if you ask us a question for this episode and we haven't said it, like in the coming weeks when Sebastian has more time for us, uh, we will ask questions on what the strongest uh, position depth is in this year's draft or what the position with the strongest depth is in this year's draft. We'll talk about overlooked players. We'll talk about sleeper picks. We'll talk about who's controversial and who's not. Uh, We'll also talk about who... Uh, Sebastian specifically, because he's one of us, uh, who he'll be disappointed if the Canadians don't pick them. Uh, And that's all coming up at some point in the coming future. But in the meantime, Sebastian, tell people where they can find all of your work. Uh, Twitter is where I centralize everything. Uh, So hi underscore Sebastian on Twitter. Um, Follow us at Dabber Prospects. Uh, We are going to have our final ranking coming out in June. Uh, our pre-U18 ranking is out and has been for the past week, so go read that. Uh, that is, you can find that at dauberprospects.com or I, I retweeted on Twitter. Uh, that can be found in many, many, many different places. Uh, and I also have a Substack where I'll be posting my own personal top 100 with uh, explanations of my rankings uh, before the draft. So I have a lot of writing and a lot of scouting to do left in the next two months. Uh, but it's it's going to pay off. And 
and I'm going to be going to the draft. So uh, that will also be enjoyable uh, in in June. So yeah. have you been to Nashville before? I have not, uh, but I'm I'm going with a big country music fan. I am less of a country music fan. <laughs> Uh, I love Johnny Cash. That's like my. Uh, You're in the my... clear. You're fine. You're there in the clear. Go. You're fine. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> so Johnny Cash is like the only country I listen to, but I'll go to the Johnny Cash Museum. So that will be my one country activity in Nashville because I feel like it's a rite of passage of going to Nashville. You have to do something country related. I will go to the Johnny Cash Museum and give that a big check mark, and then uh, progress beyond uh, country music. Well, if you walk down Broadway, there's all the like all the little bars and stuff. So walking by will just be country activity anyway. Uh, uh, I, remember, I believe it. <laughs> I remember when I went um, and somebody asked me like, oh, where are you guys? And I texted back, uh, we're at the Honky Tonk Bar. And that was literally the name <laughs> of the bar. And he was like, what's a honky? Like, no, no, he was like, which bar, bar is the Honky Tonk one? I was like, no, no, it's literally called that. Um, but I went there the to one? cover. Uh, there's only one that's called that specifically. Is Which is still thing. surprising to me. I, I, I think I thought there would be more of those, but they've all yeah. yeah. There's so many, but there's a couple. Of, like, there's a couple of live music bars that don't have country music, which is really cool. Nashville is a great time. I'm very jealous. I got to cover it. Uh, cover the All Star Game there a few years ago. That's that's what I went to the honky tonk yeah. bar. Um, but it's such a great time, and like I'm so excited for you because the fans are going to be amazing. The city's going to be amazing. Hopefully, it won't be too sweltering. Uh, obviously, extremely jealous, and everybody follows Sebastian so that you can you know get all the coverage and 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 follow in real time. In the meantime, if you're looking for us, we are on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can subscribe to our podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You'll find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. You can also email us at LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. Subscribe, like, tell your friends. We've got lots of draft coverage coming up, especially with Sebastian. We're going to ask for him to come back as many times as we possibly can get away with it. So thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>